1: Tiger fans, welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love. Jackson State University and we are back on the road this weekend obviously heading to Texas to take on Texas Southern and we are joined by a familiar face and a familiar voice he is an award winning sportscaster with close to 40 years of experience in the business covering major sporting events and luckily for us he will be doing play-by-play for the Jackson State versus Texas Southern game this coming up weekend none other than the great Butch Alcindor welcome back to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you, Corey.
0: Man, you, that that intro—you make me sound pretty old there. But I, I, just, I started when I was ten,
1: so that kind of—there <laughs> you go. That makes—I was wondering that, you know, how did that forty add up? Because uh, I it, it, it obviously didn't look like it. So starting at ten—that makes a lot, a lot more sense now. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, busy, busy man. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time out to be with us. Cause I know you're pulled in a lot of different, different directions, doing a lot of different things. So update us since the last time we spoke one year ago, what, what are you up to? What has the season been looking like? What games have you covered? Give us the quick, uh, quick update. Well, it's been a great
0: season so far. I mean, you know, there, there's just so much attention going to the SWAC now that it's just, it's just great, you know, and, and it, it, to me, uh, the, the big change, Started when Deion Sanders took the Justin State and now he's coached prime and, you know, he's taken on a whole new level. But it, it's it's so uh, amazing, Corey, when you look at not only have they been successful on the field, because, I mean, you look at the amount of wins and 8-0 right now for Jackson mm-hmm. State, but... What it has done for the rest of the league. I mean, you look around the league now. We've done just about everybody at this point in the year. You know, you got Eddie Robinson Jr. over at Alabama State. You got uh, uh, Bubba McDowell at Prairie View. You got Hugh Jackson at Grambling. I mean, those doors. I, I really think like those doors became open because of what Jackson State did. You know, and your athletic director reaching out to Deion Sanders and bringing him into the fold at Jackson state. And he's done so much, you know, the wins and losses are one thing, but what he's done off the court too has been another thing. So it's just mm-hmm. been an amazing run. And, you know, I told someone this morning, what you know, it's just great for me to have an opportunity to call these games and see so much going on in the swag, so much positivity now, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, we actually did Jackson state and Campbell mm-hmm. and, Just talking to Coach Prime that week was was incredible because he talked about how he reached out to the community. He talked to the preachers. You know, he talked to the community leaders. He said, I talked to drug dealers, man. He said, we wanted to have a crime-free weekend. We wanted it to be a very positive experience. And, uh, you know, that's what it's been. I mean, that's just been, like I said, wonderful for me to have an opportunity to call these games and just be, be involved with it.
1: Yeah, that's one thing. One thing that Coach Prime has actually done since day one, since September twenty first, two thousand twenty, when he was announced at Jackson State. When he was announced in his introductory press conference, uh, he didn't start out talking about football. He talked about the crime in the community and all these other things, and and making sure he got out in the community. He wanted to eliminate the crime and, and do you know bring a lot of positivity to Jackson. And true to his word, that is exactly what he has been doing. Now, as far as you you know, with that buzz that there is with the swag, with you being connected uh, with ESPN, what what's a, what are the whispers that you're hearing from some of your counterparts as far as where the direction of the SWAC in the conference with what Coach Prime and obviously some other schools are doing?
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's just blowing up, Corey. There's no other way to put it. I mean, you look at, you know, game day going down to Jackson. I mean, that was that was huge. And, and it's just it's just going to get better and better. And uh, you're going to see it move to dip. you're going to see the SWAC game starting to migrate from the ESPN3 and the ESPN+, Plus, and you get to see mm-hmm. more of them on ESPN U and ESPN2 and the regular ESPN because it's just uh, – but the beauty of having so many platforms, you get to see everybody. You know, wow. I grew up in Louisiana, and last week we did all State at Grambling. My phone was blowing up during the game because all – so many people I grew up with, they were watching Grambling and enjoying the game and just, you know, saying how much they – so that's what it's doing. It's giving everybody – an outlet to see your team and to see Mm -hmm. your team have success. And that ended up being a lot of people thought Grambling was going to get beat in that game. And they ended up Mm -hmm. pulling, you know, I would say if it was an upset, it was a stunning upset because Mm -hmm. they played really well and Alcorn never really got going in that game. Mm
1: And with the games, with all the exposure, and a lot of the games, or most of the games, I think all of Jackson State's games, except maybe one, so far has been on uh, the ESPN family of net- networks. And you don't have to get into the specific numbers, but just from what you're seeing on the, the on the inside perspective, what is viewership like? Is it overall? Is it warranting us to get more games on ESPN?
0: Yeah, it is. And in, in the the viewership is up from last year. I, I will tell you that. But it's even up more so when when Jackson State is on. Mm-hmm. The, the needle moves a little mm-hmm. bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when J State is on. And that's great because you're having the big crowds at home. So you have the stadium full and then you've got the eyes on you're on TV and cause that's the ultimate goal, just to get as much, as much exposure as you can for not only for the school, but for some of these young athletes who have an opportunity maybe to play at the next level. But even if you don't, just to be a part of that atmosphere and just kind of just watching the way it's just kind of taken off. And and the main reason why it's happened is because uh, Coach Prime went there and he went there on a mission. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He didn't go there just to coach. You know, he went there to change lives. And it sounds like a cliche, but, man, that's what he's doing. And -hmm. that's what's happening. You know, and and, and people are looking at certain things in a different way, and it's because he's immersing himself in this. You know, I saw a video the other day. He went to a hospital and Mm -hmm. was seeing a a children's hospital and and talking to different Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm like that and, and those are the things that, that make an impact you know when he wanted to put in a new field you know he goes to walmart you know mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. deon sanders he's got that cachet where he can get places that you know maybe us normal folks can't get
1: mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely I, I, I always say there's only one deon sanders well there's that's two fine. that's deon sanders jr but it's only one prime time
0: but he's had so much success and 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 what i'm hoping is that his success bleeds over, like I said, it's one mm-hmm. thing to have these other guys with the NFL pedigrees coming in, but I'm hoping they're going to see what Coach Prime is doing off the field, also, mm. and start point. implementing that agenda, also. You know, at their respective schools. Definitely,
1: definitely, great point, great point. That's good stuff. But let's get into this game. Obviously, you know, big game for our Tigers on the road heading into Texas Southern. So I me personally, I'm having a hard time kind of getting a good read on this team when you kind of look at their their season, how it's gone some big wins and then some kind of uh, losses that you kind of question. But overall, four and four, three and two in the swag still have an opportunity to represent the West. So this is a big game for Texas Southern. So just a quick uh, synopsis of the, the season so far for the Tigers.
0: Well, you know, technically uh, they're in second place because they beat Southern. So right now they're in, a, in the standings. They're tied with Southern, but they have the tiebreaker with Southern right now. So, no, it, this is not the old Texas Southern team. You, you, you don't want to fool yourself into that thinking. And you're right. There have been some ups and some downs. You know, I actually called the game when Texas Southern took on Alabama State mm-hmm. at a PNC here in Houston. And uh, that was the game they should have won. They couldn't yeah. easily have won that game. Alabama State played a really good game. I mean, they, they kicked the field goals. They didn't make any mistakes. They, did, they just played a perfect game, whereas Texas Southern made one big fumble late in the game. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference in that game. But, you know, they've, they've had some uh, stunning wins that went over Southern. And Dallas was a huge win. They go to Alcorn, and they win there. And mm-hmm. I would have to say, Corey, the biggest, defense with this, the biggest difference with this team is the defense.
1: Okay.
0: last year, late in the season, after they made the switch and moved Andrew Body to quarterback, they were putting points on the board. They were scoring and they were putting points on the board. The problem they were having back then, they just couldn't stop anybody. And so uh, Coach McKinney went out during the offseason and he looked at the spots he needed to fill on defense. And that portal is a wonderful thing for coaches to get well quickly. (laughs) And he got some new guys in there, particularly in the secondary. And, uh, you know, they're doing a lot better defensively. And that, that's why you see this team. And also, um, the running game is a lot better than a lot of people realize. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just they've been doing a great job. They got a one-two punch with Ja'Cory Howard and uh, Ladarius Owens. And those two guys, man, they're, they're both, I like to say, they're full-grown men. I mean, when mm-hmm. they're back there, they can really, really bring the punishment to a defense. And that's a big advantage to have if you manage to get in front. Um, and I think that's what they've been able to do once they get ahead, like like, against Mm Stalkhorn, uh, uh, two weeks ago, they got out in front and they could run the ball and make something happen, but they're explosive. I mean, they, they can make, this is not the Texas Southern team that you're used to looking at.
1: Mm -hmm. So talk about those two. I call them surprising wins over Southern. I think at the beginning of the season, most people would have predicted Southern to be in the running all corn in Prairie View. But uh, Texas Southern, just out of nowhere, is just coming in upsetting. I, I call it an upset Southern and then uh allcorn as well. So is that a game or are those just talk about uh, how big those wins were for the confidence of this program moving forward? And is that a, a game that uh, guys like yourself expected them to win or at least could be competitive in?
0: No, you know, at that point, I didn't know what to expect. I actually had to open the season way back in September, September 3rd, that Labor Day weekend. I did the Labor Day Classic with uh, Texas Southern versus Prairie View A&M. And Texas Southern uh, did not, a lot of people had a lot of expectations going into that game, and they didn't look as good as, as, as we expected. And I think the bar was lowered at that point. But that, I think that was one of the, the turning points in the season, You know, after they saw that, they go, that's not who we are. That's not who we want to be. I mean, they have a logo. I wrote it down. We are what we got, and we are all we need. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of like the the, the slogan for the season. And the next turning point would have to have been that Southern game in Dallas because nobody gave them much of a chance to win that game, and they go in there, and they force some turnovers, you know, Mm -hmm. and they played really well defensively, and they, you know, they had Southern off balance pretty much the whole game. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was just a big game and ever since then i think that was the one game you could point to and say after that game uh they believed in themselves and they had confidence in themselves moving forward and i really think the alabama state game was just kind of a stumble like i said yeah. they had the ball late in the game they had the lead they fumbled they had a, a young man in the game who's a, just an electric uh kick returner but he's not a running back and he was in the mm-hmm. backfield at the time it was uh, mishandling the exchange, and it was trying to do a handoff. Ball it was fumbled. Alabama State uh, recovered, and they go down and win the game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You've got to give them a lot of too, because like I said, they stayed in it. They stayed in it. You know, they might. If I'm not mistaken, I think they kicked four field goals in that game. They were just making sure they stayed in striking distance. And down mm-hmm. the stretch, it was a mistake that was the difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about that defense, the much-improved defense, uh, only allowing 20 points per game. I definitely want to get to that, but I think when we talk Texas Southern football, I think it always gonna, it's going to always start with Mr. Andrew Boddy, a guy who you know a lot of people picked the you know, potential uh, conference player of the year or have a, a player of the year uh, type season. So far in the season, if you look at the numbers, uh, kind of up and down 1,300 yards. Obviously, we're talking eight games, but 58% completion percentage, uh, eight touchdowns to six interceptions. Let's talk about his season so far because some may say he hasn't lived up to those expectations
0: well the 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 numbers aren't eye-popping by any stretch of imagination they're they're not eye popping because people thought at the beginning of the year he'd be throwing for 300 yards every Mm -hmm. game rushing for 100 yards but here's the thing that he's doing I mean like I said we've done them several times and we will have them this week against Jackson State then we'll have them the following week against the thing he has been doing is he's been doing what they need him to do to win if you look at that Alcorn game, it was Alcorn's homecoming. They go down there for homecoming. A couple of times when they had third and seven, he would scramble out of the pocket and pick up nine. Uh, I mean, so he's making the plays that they need him to make right now. And what they're finding out is they don't need him to throw for 300 yards to win ball games. And that's the ultimate goal is to, to win ball games, And that's what they were doing. They want to have a winning season. You know, They haven't had a winning season in, in a while. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a big deal. And now, like you mentioned, they're right in the thick of it. Of course, you know, you know, uh, chasing in the West, they have the loss to Prairie View. So they have to be really, um, you know, they're going to have to have something happen down the stretch, but they're in good position and um, they're fired up about this weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned him, you know, making those big runs on third, especially on third down, converting on the ground against Alcorn. So as I look at this team, I see three players averaging over or close to double digit carries per game. So if you hear that, you think they have three, a three headed monster at running back. But one of them is actually Andrew Boddy and he leads yeah. the team in rushing attempts. So is that just, uh, you know, I know obviously he's always been a, you an know, athlete dual threat, but is that by design? Is he more just improvising or, or as you said earlier, just doing whatever it takes to win? No, it's both. Because uh, as the season started, it was
0: kind of him just scrambling out of the pocket trying to make something happen. But as the season has gone along, they've put in more design runs. You see okay. him, you know, running a quarterback sweep left or a quarterback sweep right. Or they have put some of these things in there or even the, the draw. You know, they'll call a pass to spread out the field, get the one on run coverage on both sides and let him just take off. Uh, trying to pick his hole. So, yeah, they're doing both of it now and, and that's been the they've had a good mixture of what they needed to do to win ball games. That so they need mm-hmm. him like I said to throw for the 300 yards, mm-hmm. he's do that, you know, if they need mm-hmm. him to run, he's been able to do that. And he's mm-hmm. he's been it's some of the losses they've had, he's had key mistakes, you know, he's thrown like interceptions in the end zone a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The people that, that that have really hurt, but I think he've learned he's learned from those situations. And what you see right now, you don't see the big staggering numbers, but it's because he's not making the big mistakes anymore either. I think that's a big part of it. All
1: right. So you said that they don't, have to rely on him to throw the ball around a lot to win games, and that's evident when you look at the numbers of his receivers. Uh, not not a lot from the receiving core. I think their leading receiver, Derek Morton, he's only averaging about three catches per game. That's not a lot. Now, if you if you go down the line, they have a number of guys who have caught at least a, a pass this season. So there are a lot of guys uh, who have caught a ball, but again, not that guy who you know, stands out at you, you know, who jumps out as far as being you know a th- thousand yard receiver potentially. So just talk about that receiver core. Is there? a guy that you that Texas Southern can rely on as a receiver if they need to get it done through the
0: air? uh, You know, you're right. Derek Martin has kind of become the favorite receiver. He and uh, body have kind of worked out a little chemistry there, but also A.J. Bennett, number four. I mean, A.J. Bennett is a a little guy, but he's been making some big plays for them. You're right, McCory, when you say they kind of share the wealth, Mm -hmm. the ball around everybody. And it's because of the way the offense is designed. Uh, and body the time, time nine times out of 10, the ball is going to go to the open man instead mm-hmm. of trying to force feed one guy who's capable of making all these big plays. But I think while the offense is uh, passing part of the offense may have even been uh, may even be more effective now because the running game is so good. They can pick their spots for the passing, you know, they'll, they'll run, run, they'll pound that rock on you pound it. And then all of a sudden he'll pull it up and go down field deep. But Derek Martin has been the guy he, I would have to say he's been the most reliable guy. A.J. Bennett has also been in the mix. I mean, they, they, they have some guys. Uh, Ian Means has been out there a lot. Uh, it, it's, they, they have some guys, but it, it's, it's funny to watch because it's kind of a mixture of things right now. You know, They'll run the ball with success. They'll throw the ball underneath. And, and the other thing is the running backs on this team, they catch a lot of passes too.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the running backs do catch a lot of passes. So that that's another big part of the offense. Um, but I, I like to look at this matchup and of course it's, it's like comparing apples and oranges. It doesn't really mm-hmm. mean, but you look at common opponents, like when I'm mm-hmm. getting prepared to do this game, you know, I've been I looked at the Jackson state game last week against Southern. I think oh, I watched mm-hmm. the first three uh, quarters of it. And if you look at that game, that was a pretty good game until the final two 30 of the first half. I mean, there was mm-hmm. no score after uh, uh, one quarter and uh, Southern's defense was really playing well. They stopped Jackson State twice well, on fourth now. and mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. and look at that and you compare what happened to um, TSU when they were playing Southern. And then the, the Southern game for TSU was pretty much their coming out party and as far as the defense forcing these turnovers and stuff. So I, I think, you know, if you t- we'd be doing this last year at this time, the beginning, mm-hmm. I would Texas Southern probably would have been a little in awe and kind of weren't. this year, I kind of think like, they feel like they have a shot to, to play with these guys. You know, okay. it, it would be set that shocks the world, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think there is, they're intimidated as they might've been in the past going mm-hmm. into the game. I think they can look at common opponents like rambling and think like, mm-hmm. or even Alabama state, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they beat Alabama state, but Alabama state was in that game. And I, I I'm sure Texas Southern feel like they should have won that game. So right. um, I, I can promise you, uh, Coach Prime was telling his guys, you know, you can't sleep on this team. Mm-hmm. It's not old Texas Southern, uh, the team of old. Mm-hmm
1: definitely definitely well we I know the Jackson State team will be up up for the task uh, it'll be an interesting matchup Jackson State you know from a defensive standpoint they've held every opponent this season under 250 total yards and five out of the eight games opponents have been limited to just one score overall they're actually the third best scoring defense in the entire country that's behind Illinois and Georgia so it'll be interesting to see what Mr. Body Coach McKinney uh, has up their sleeve to combat that defense but I want to move over to the Texas Southern defense you talked about it being improved I see two guys who stand out Your leading tacklers or they're leading tackles tacklers rather uh jacob williams 54 tackles and our Tariq cooper 44 tackles coming from the linebacker position so talk about those two guys and just the defense in general
0: those are the two uh leaders on defense by far they're the two leaders uh jacob williams his mother is actually a professor at texas southern and so he's mm-hmm. one of these guys who, who's really like you know the honor student guy you know he's he's does really well in school does everything well and um uh, mm-hmm. He has really come into his own this year. You know, uh, coming into the season, there was a lot of hype about Tariq Cooper. And Cooper, Coops lived up to the hype. I mean, he's been good. But Williams has kind of come out of nowhere, and he's really making his presence felt. He's one of those guys. He he goes sideline to sideline. You know, I mean, he's he, he's a throwback. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he gets the job done, and those guys are playing well. And a lot of times, they're making plays because the big fellas up front are doing their job keeping the big guards and tackles off of those linebackers. So that's probably been the biggest uh, improvement on defense is the play of uh, Jacob Williams. I mean, he's, he's been outstanding because Cooper, Cooper needed somebody like that you know, to, to be you know, robbing his Batman and kind of bring that same intensity and passion on defense. And that, you know, that's what he's doing right now. But you look at a guy like Vera Montez Pippins on the line, I mean, he's been good this year, too. I mean, he kind of stepped into his own. Some of the guys, he was there last year, but there's some new guys in the secondary, too, and uh, Pippins and DeMontario Anderson, some of those guys up front. I mean, they're doing a great job. Of uh, The one thing they haven't done well, you know, from what I've seen on, on, on tape, and obviously I haven't done all of their games, but I've done a few of them, um, they haven't put pressure on on the quarterback without Mm -hmm. that's that's been kind of one Mm -hmm. of the one of the things they're trying to work out because if -hmm. you can't pressure the quarterback when I have then you're going to have some some issues there and that's been the one thing they haven't really uh, been able to work out yet.
1: Yeah, that stands out when you look at this team—the lack of pressure on the quarterback. The leading uh, uh, leading sack person is uh, Michael Aikens with only two sacks, so it tells me that they're not, uh, you know, getting to the quarterback, which typically puts a strain on the secondary. So, how do you feel as though the secondary has fared this year, given the lack of, of pressure on the quarterback?
0: Well, they, they have a young man, Isaiah Hamilton, and uh, he's been outstanding. I mean, he's uh, he's got—if I'm not mistaken—three interceptions. He's run one mm-hmm. back for a touchdown, uh, or maybe two, <laughs> I think at least one back. Cause he did one in one of the games we, we did. He has been a, a game changer this year. I mean, he's been very well, like I said, they had trouble in the secondary last year for the last few years. The secondary has been kind of a, an issue and he's been one of the guys really stepping up and making some big plays for them in the secondary. Raheem Fuller is also doing a good job. And, uh, you know, what are they, one of the ways they're getting pressure, which you don't necessarily like to do, but a lot of times they're, they're blitzing some of these guys from the secondary too after a while just to try mm-hmm. you just have to pick your spot with that. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous thing to do against a guy yes. like Sanders. Because mm-hmm. He can look out there. If he spots the guy that's coming, he's going to go right in that area that you vacated, and it's going to mm-hmm. be a play for Jackson State. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely a very cerebral quarterback, and Sanders. He's uh, always studying studying film, even on the bus ride or the, or the plane trip. He's uh, he's looking at film, going over some final details to make sure he knows exactly what he can expect from opposing defense. So obviously, you know, we we look forward to a, a chess match coming up uh, this Saturday. So it should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. Well, but-
0: the other thing is too, anytime Jackson State goes anywhere in the SWAC now, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. It's a show. Absolutely. You know, Coach Prime is coming to town, and even you know, for their home games, you're having the big crowd at home. But you never know who's going to be on the sideline. Never know. (laughs) It was T.O. Then it was Snoop Dogg at the game we did, the uh, Campbell game. I think it was Snoop Dogg on the sideline. Uh, Rick
1: Ross. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's just it's 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 just it's made everything so much more exciting, and it's just it's, it's kind of a must see, must attend event now. You know, it gets kind of like I had a buddy of mine who used to live in Jackson. He said, man, it's the biggest thing in Jackson now. It is. he's Trying to get to the games. And it, it, it's just the cool. And I, I look at that defense because, you know, <laughs> you're preparing for these games. You have to kind of look at, I don't know if I've ever seen a defense like that in college football. Wow. I mean, they, they, they get out.
1: They're saying they, something.
0: They get after you. They put the heat. You know, they got really good linebackers. I love Aubrey Miller. I mean, that guy's a huge, 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 huge player. I mean, he makes some big plays. Uh, you know, I know Shiloh has been hurt a little bit in the, in the mm-hmm. secondary, but he came back. And it was, yeah, he's back. His, I guess his second game back was the game we did. Mm-hmm. And, man, he was it was late in the game. He was still, like, smacking mm-hmm. people down. I mean, it was like it, – it's a fun game to call, to watch them and watch what's going on. I mean, it's just – it's just like I said, it's an amazing time in the SWAC and to see uh, the league – get some of the attention that it deserves and some of these mm-hmm. players kind of, you know, get the national spotlight that they,
1: that they you know, that mm-hmm. they deserve. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned Aubrey, you mentioned Shiloh. It, the list goes on when it, when it comes to this defense. I, I hate coming on the show and start naming names because you'll forget someone, but oh. one person.
0: Hey, you can just go down the list. You can go
1: down the list. But oh. one person I, I want to bring up, especially when you talk about the, the attention that the swag is getting is Mr. Travis Hunter. I mean, he lives up to the hype. Talk about taking away half the field, you know that's a, a term, a phrase that you hear, but you don't really ever see that. But he actually does it, and he's doing it as a true freshman. So, you, I mean, he's everything that you know that was said of him and more.
0: Well, we saw it last week. Mm-hmm. We, we saw it last week because he he went out there and literally he did whatever mm-hmm. side of the field he was. That that receiver was on lockdown, mm-hmm. and it, because you know Southern was the team, we've done them a couple of times too, obviously, and they like to take the big shot. You know they'll pound. Down, and then they'll take the big shot to one of those big receivers they have and never really happened that number 88 pete uh, i forget mm-hmm. his first seven pete he was a really explosive guy he's the guy he's got good size he can get down you know never happened wasn't even a factor in the game mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. total shutdown so mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing and uh coach prime told us he's going to start working travis in more and more to the mm-hmm. offense, trying mm-hmm. to get with mm-hmm. plays and packages for him with the offense where he can use that explosive speed. And uh, so yes. it just, one of the things I, I thought, I just want to mention this because I, I thought that was so last year, Jackson state wins the SWAC championship and you think, Oh, wow. You know, that's great. You got to, you know, obviously you won a championship, you got a good team. Well, we were talking to coach prime a couple of weeks ago, he said, I, I said, what would you think was the number one factor in Shadour continuing to improve? I said, mm-hmm. last year as a freshman, he, he surpassed all expectations, did mm-hmm. great, but he's better this year. I'm like, what's the biggest factor in him improving like that? He goes, I'll tell you what it is. It's the offensive line.
1: Absolutely, without said, a
0: doubt. To the offensive line, and then he goes in to explain how, yes, we got only one starter back from last year. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that, Corey. You don't mm-hmm. see a team goes out going out, and after they win the championship, you come back and you tweak you're still trying mm-hmm. to get better. You want to get even better, and that's what they're doing. And, and it's kind of like he told us when during the uh, you know during the week when we were talking to him before the game, he said, "We don't want to just win. We want to dominate."
1: Dominate. That's <laughs> been the theme all season.
0: Yeah, and dominate. so
1: they're,
0: they're, they're a special team. I mean, it's a fun team. I thought I saw one poll this morning had they were up to number five.
1: Five. Mm-hmm. In, in
0: FCS, and it's just. You know they deserve the ranking. They got Wilkerson coming in. You
1: know he's That's the mm-hmm.
0: guy coming in. He's making a big impact in the backfield. Uh, and the wide receivers they play seven or eight uh, wide receivers. I, I was mm-hmm. asking about what happened to
1: Malachi Weidman.
0: nothing. He just you know <laughs> hard to get on the field. now. it's crazy. Seven mm-hmm. or eight. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's competition in practice. And, you know, it's there's so many guys. And when one's not uh, available or doesn't play, they don't miss a beat. It's almost like plug and play. They're all almost equally as good. So definitely a fun, fun thing to watch. And you mentioned Wilkerson because you talked about Coach Prime saying the biggest addition was the or improvement was the offensive line. Well, I'll say the offensive line as well as the running game by adding a Savion Wilkerson. He's a difference maker. So it's just hard to game plan against this team. Absolutely. Yeah, he's
0: a guy. He's a big running back. You know, he's physical. He has speed. And and a guy like that takes a toll on the defense. You know, mm-hmm. games everybody's running up there to hit him, but by the time you get to the third, late, third quarter, early fourth quarter, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the defense yeah. aren't showing up anymore. Not, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not, they're not gonna show up for that punishment. So he's been a big, big
1: help. So having said all that, we you know, we've talked about how good this team is, how dominant they've been. If you're Texas Southern, what what are the keys to victory? What do you say you have to do? In order to give you a chance, give yourself a chance.
0: I, I think, you know, after looking at both teams and, and, you know, it's hard for me to say because I'm going to be calling the game, but from what I've seen, I just think for them to have a really good shot at victory, they're going to have to somehow find a way to put the pressure on. They're going to have to move Shador. And he did a good job of it last week. You know, when he was pressured into the pocket, he didn't panic. There were a couple of times when Southern, Southern only rushed three and he was very aware of it and knew he didn't have to rush, but somehow, they're going to have to make him uncomfortable. And and to start the game, you're just going to have to take away the run. The run. And it's the same thing for Jackson State. You know, they don't want to really let a Texas Southern come out and start having any success at all on the ground because that will make life a little easier for Andrew Body. If they mm-hmm. can come and run the ball with some success, get five or six yards of crack, I mean, that would be it. But, um, you know, I, I think they realize, I'm talking about a Texas Southern and mm-hmm. what a challenge – It's going to be, I just think that this year, when you look at how they've played, uh, they may be more ready for the challenge than they've ever been. So we'll have to see how it works. Now, it's also going to be, I don't don't know if you realize this, because of the rain out in the World Series. Yes. If it goes to six game six will be going on at the same time with the Jackson State and Texas Southern game. And the way things are located here in Houston, you have Minute Maid Park, uh pnc park is right down the street i mean they mm. actually share some of the parking spaces so it's mm. gonna be interesting
1: <laughs> have they established a potential uh start time for their game
0: uh for that for the world series baseball game,
1: game. yeah it, it, it's if gonna
0: it's, be, it's, it's going to be a seven o'clock start uh, it's mm. going to be so there'll be an hour after uh we kick off wow But it really doesn't matter because the world series everybody's going to be down there like three four hours early. all day yeah got it got and this for the uh, uh, Texas Southern Jackson State game. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to be a lot of hype in downtown Houston on Saturday night. Absolutely. (laughs) Of course, it may not go to six games, and then that Mm -hmm. would be great also because that means, you know, everybody could have all the spaces you want. But I just think this is going to be a game that uh, may be one of the bigger crowds for Texas Southern, Mm -hmm. even with the World Series game going on.
1: Absolutely. Expecting a big crowd. Obviously Jackson state travels and it will have a huge, huge alumni base throughout the state of Texas, but especially in Houston. So we'll be there. So you expect the Texas Southern fans to show up as well. I do.
0: I do. And, 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 uh, they read to some of the things, they have buses that go from campus. The, the stadium is actually only a few miles from campus, but it's the route you have to take that for the students, they, they it's easier for them to just take the buses in there. Um, so I expect them to, this is to be one of their bigger crowds. Last week there was homecoming. It was a nice crowd, but it was on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they usually play their home games over in PNC Park. And, uh, you know, that's where they're going to be for this one. And, and they know that Jackson travels well. So mm-hmm. that's the, the thing about it. They know for the next two weeks with Jackson State coming in and then with Grambling coming in, those two teams are going to bring their crowds. So they've been trying to make an effort to get more and more people, you know, of their fans in, into the stadium there. Cause then, you know, nobody wants to be in your own stadium and have more fans for the other Absolutely. people. People want to have that situation. So.
1: Sure thing. Sure thing. All right. Well, we're, we are looking forward to it again at 6 PM kickoff ESPN plus the great Butch Alcindor on the call. Thank you again. We, this is a pleasure to have you on our show again.
0: Thank you, Corey. Anytime, man.
1: All right. Take care. And that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show and tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Video, YouTube, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.